Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style, claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Now on to your regularly scheduled program. Oh yeah! Yo, Calvin. Yo. What's up, man? What's going on, man? You cut that off a little earlier than usual. Or maybe you didn't. Boom! This is Careless Whispers. That's why. We're ready to go here. We got a list of things we need to talk about. It's NBA Free Agency. We're here on CLNS Radio. We're brought to you by lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com. Head over to lynda.com slash CLNS right now. And to get your free 10-day trial to learn something. That's right. You're going to learn something. You're going to challenge yourself, and you're going to learn something at lynda.com slash CLNS. Also brought to you by Peak Brewing, wonderful organic brewing company, at Peak Brewing on Twitter and Instagram. Check them out. They are delicious and nutritious, if I do say so myself. And, uh, of course, as always, you can find it, CLNS Radio on Twitter, at CLNS Radio, on Facebook as well. Go to clnsradio.com slash Facebook. I am also on Twitter, at Team Green Truth. Calvin, how you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling good. Spent some time looking for my homeless sister. Couldn't find her. But, you know, it's always a, always a, a silver lining. I made some new homeless friends, perhaps. That is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That is a real-life situation. Calvin is gracious enough to do this show still, and uh, we hope you find her. That I find her as well, for my mom's sake, mostly. Well, for whoever's sake, we hope you find her. Everybody that's listening hopes you find her as well. You can give us a call tonight at 347-215-7771. It is NBA Free Agency Tomorrow, Calvin, because right now it's Wednesday. Maybe people are listening tomorrow, which would mean it's Thursday, and tomorrow is Friday. Think about that for a second. But Thursday, July 9th, is when things can become official. So whatever we're about to discuss right now has just been reported. Teams are not saying things officially yet. If you go to the Celtics website, they're just talking about the summer league action that's happening, the fast and exciting summer league which we are not going to get into tonight because I unfortunately haven't been able to watch any of it. I normally like to see these kids play in a professional setting for the first time, but we're going to skip over that one for this week. And we're going to focus on, they're playing in Utah right now. Utah. See, I I, I don't really ever like pay attention to any non Vegas summer leagues. I don't, I don't know why that is, but 
Well, they never played in Vegas. Sometimes they go to Orlando. Other times uh, they just skip out on summer league as uh, altogether. There was one summer league in Boston and uh, many years ago, LeBron James's rookie year. Actually, there was a summer league in Boston that I had the, uh, the, the ability to the attend. Teams? I went there. Um, what are the teams are playing in Utah? Exciting, exciting Utah summer league. Well, you got San Antonio, you got uh, okay. Philadelphia. Ooh, okay. Um, good. I think the Celtics are are playing uh, Utah twice. So oh. you've got that. The uh, Portland is there. Um, and let's see after that, Philadelphia. Oh, looks like Miami. Miami is down is there as well. So Justice Winslow, we'll see him. Um, oh, yeah. At uh, at seven p.m. on July fourteenth. That's next week. The Celtics against Miami. And you'll see Philadelphia's players uh, on Sunday. So that's it. That's it for summer league talk, right there. That's our our five minutes of BS before we get into the real thing. The point was that Thursday is the day that everything becomes official. So the things we're about to discuss are uh, all speculation right now, but we got a pretty good idea of what's happening here. And we start with the Celtics, as we often like to do. The first and most perplexing move as far as money is concerned, if you ask me, is uh, signing Amir Johnson, Toronto Raptors veteran forward, who I l- really like as a player. I think he's going to add a lot to this team, Calvin. And you tell me what you think about this contract, because I know you know these things a, bit, a little bit better than I do. But I feel like $12 million a year is a little much for Amir Johnson. I know the second year is not guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, second year is not guaranteed. Oh, okay. Well, then, then it's a one-year contract. Right? Well, it, I, I, yeah, I, I, I believe I mean, that's the way it's written. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's not fully guaranteed or if it's just not guaranteed at all. Because sometimes they'll guarantee it for through a certain point of the point of the season, you know. But I don't think he would have agreed to something like that. I'm going to pull up the specifics on this right now, or with the reported oh, okay. specifics anyway. But I, yeah, right. I, I heard the other day that it was. It was not a guarantee for next year. Maybe there's some sort of option to be picked up. I'll look at I'll look at that right now. Okay, well, well, there's your answer. It doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, I feel like the Rock right now. It doesn't matter what you pay like the two Rock superstations. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you pay Amir Johnson because uh, of, of the rule. The, the the Celtics have to hit that ninety percent cap ninety uh, percent cap floor by a certain point in the season anyway. So you might as well overpay Amir Johnson if you're already striking out at free agency, right? If you, if you give me an argument of like... Well, yeah, uh, you do have to pay somebody. And that's that was my first reaction is that, yeah, you do have to pay somebody. Um, let me see. This is not telling you me what's Johnson, guaranteed. You combine Johnson's contract with the extra money they're taking on for David Lee, you know, that's, what, $17 million, uh off the cap right off the top. If you're not going to sign anyone you want to sign, it's like some, some guy just ends up getting lucky. So, okay, here it is. Steve, Steve Bullpett is the, is the guy that reported this that I saw the other day okay. of the Boston Herald saying that the second year in both Amir Johnson and Jonas Jarebko's deals are, are not guaranteed. So there you have it. I guess that answer, I answered my own question by, by telling you that. And uh, now, and Steve Bullpett of the Boston Herald is the one that reported that first. Um, so if that's true, then, I mean, it makes total sense that they're – I thought they were gearing up for 17-18. Maybe they're just really just gearing up to try and make a run at somebody in 16-18. Yeah, 
you would have to hope, right? I mean, I don't know how much confidence you have in. I mean, I mean, listen, I like I like Amir Johnson, good player. I really like what they've done with the Gerald Wallace the, uh, contract and. Gerald Wallace as a player, and actually it might work out for Golden State as well. You just mentioned it. David Lee comes to Boston uh, for Gerald Wallace and probably another player that hasn't been named yet. I would guess it's going to be a Chris Babb or a Phil Pressey, somebody with a non-guaranteed contract uh, that so that the trade works, but Golden State can still save some some uh, salary cap room and on the luxury tax, which I, I heard this morning is going to, this deal is putting them under the luxury tax, which is going to save them a lot of money. Um the point is that there. Ha- I think it looks like Danny Ainge has sort of already this this offseason given up on landing a big name free agent, and we'll go through a few of the names in a little bit. But all the big name free agents reportedly are off the board, so he he maybe he's making the right move here and paying a guy now, and then bringing in another guy like David Lee that can contribute now and. I was planning to come on this show tonight, Calvin, and say, oh, they traded for David Lee. They traded for Amir Johnson. I mean, somebody's got to go. Selinger, Olenek, one of the – they have to – they got to go, right? Zeller, he's got to go. He's not going to make the team. One of the – Jordan Mickey, the second-round pick that people are already starting to rave about because he had a few blocks in a summer league game. Oh, he can't make the team now, right? But just in this moment of talking to you, maybe I have a moment – well, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that at this point. But now I, I'm having a moment of clarity. The point the point now is that I feel like they they don't have to trade these guys. They can keep Sullinger and Olenek, and maybe Ainge is trying to bring in these two veterans to teach them a thing or two, and he's really hoping and banking that they're going to improve enough to be able to rely on them going forward. Okay, that's that's fine. But let's see, this, this, this team, I mean, just looking at it, there's a clear lack of of wing swingman types on this team, right? Everyone's either everyone's either a small or a power forward, essentially. Right? It's it's such a yep. weird if you... Yeah. Pretty much. So, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Let's, let's analyze... I'd like to analyze them individually before we I talk about, you know, the... The, the impact on the roster overall. This, you know, Jordan Mickey. I I don't know anything about him, but the one thing I do know about him is that he's great be in on summer the league. <laughs> he <laughs> looks he great in the, over over the summer. Yeah, so yeah, far two games. That's, looks great. That's that's, that's fantastic. But <laughs> I, I can I can promise you right now on November first that we will be having no words about Jordan Mickey. I'll 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 I bet my life on that against your life if you'd like. Wow. To. I don't think we have to bet lives, but that's uh, that's pretty intense. I I have a feeling he's got a better shot of making the team than that. Okay, you could bet a thousand dollars on it then instead of lives. You'd prefer pure gambling. Wow. I don't I don't think I'm that confident, but I just I feel I feel like you're giving him a a a rough outlook (laughs) here. And he the reason he has. Zero chance to make the team is because again because just because of positional expectations. There are guys with he's a guy with a non guaranteed contract. There are other guys on the team with guaranteed contracts. So mm-hmm. even if 
he gets it, even if he somehow miraculously gets an invite to training camp, which what caps out at what eighteen? I can't. Is that right? It was a twenty-one. I'm, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. What? Well, yeah. So he's even if he gets that invite to, to training camp, he's not going to be able to beat guys out who have guaranteed contracts. Right, but at that point, has Danny Ainge made a move uh, with one of these other players that uh, is sort of guaranteed, but that he doesn't really want? Is he going to move Kelly Olenek? Is he going to move Jared Sullinger? Is he going to move, move Jonas Jarebko right that he, he just what's, signed? He's not moving Jonas Jarebko because what what's the value of Jonas Jarebko? What's the value? Is he? I mean, he'll probably move some of those guys. Is he going to move? I'll tell you, he's not moving because of value. I'll tell you who he's not moving because of value is Jay Crowder, the man we haven't mentioned yet for the Celtics in the offseason. They put him back as well on a very team friendly $35 million, five year deal. Calvin, tell me if I'm wrong on that one. I think that's a steal for him, the way he, that he, his, his effort level and the way that he produced last year in uh, a surprise. It was a surprise to me. If the shot improves. That is an absolute steal, and even if it doesn't, I think he's paid well as far as the team is concerned. I agree, and he he defends the three, and he plays that position offensively, so he's definitely not somebody who's going to crowd your roster uh, in that respect. So I think Amir Johnson, and maybe I'm not quite as high on him as you are just because I feel like I feel like he was always a guy who ultimately underachieved, underachieved in Toronto. Like he has the, the the NBA body, and he he he's a really good defender when he wants to be. But I just don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like the effort level is always quite there with Amir Johnson as much as I'd like to see. Maybe right. I haven't seen any, enough of him. But and and you know, obviously Brad Stevens may be able to turn him around. He is a good. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, He's a good defensive four, which is something the Celtics mostly lack at that position. So I like him in that respect, you know, pairing him with a, a guy who's more of a scorer. But, um, and, you know, maybe they'll even try him out at five. <laughs> He's not really that tall. All right. But. So I I see include, this is including, um, let's see, let's, let's count the, uh, the number of, Guaranteed contracts for the Celtics. You've got David Lee and Jonas Jarebko, uh, and Amir Johnson is three. Those are the quote-unquote new players. Well, they brought back last year. So let's throw Crowder on there as well. So that's four. Bradley, Thomas, Smart, Turner, Zeller, Sullinger, Olenek. We're already up to 11. And... um, we haven't mentioned any of the draft picks yet. James Young is twelve, and that's that'll that should do it right there. So James Young is the twelfth player plus whatever draft picks. Somebody's got Rosier. Rosier's got a guaranteed contract, and the other guy, right? Hunter. Right, Rosier. Okay, so Rosier has a guarantee, and Hunter, I guess, would have a guarantee as well, right? Because he's a first round pick. Yeah. Right. So that's that's fourteen. That's 14. I guess you're right. Jordan Mickey not looking good for him unless uh, Ainge pulls a deal and trades away one of these guards or, um, I don't know, Zeller or something. I mean, I feel like a lot of pieces that he could just at any point pull the trigger on and say, all right, we're moving on to the younger guys and we're going to cut bait with you. Yep, I mentioned Thomas. I'm trying to think of – 
feel like we're missing somebody. But you probably are looking directly at the roster. So I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at the the guarantees from the preseason. I mean, it's got Gerald Wallace on this list, so I took him off and put me on. Brandon Bass has right. gone to your Lakers, which we'll get into in a few moments here. Uh, but everybody else, G is not uh, coming back. He's not guaranteed. Pressy is okay. not guaranteed. Maybe that's who you're thinking of. Maybe um, I, I do. I feel like with the addition of Rose, I think I think Rosier or yeah, Rosier. I don't know how to say his name it's, yet. It's Rose. Uh, it's Rosier. I looked it up. I made sure that okay, I uh, okay. I didn't pronounce right. it wrong today, this weekend, or the tonight. Okay, well, so Rosier probably takes Pressy's spot. You have to figure on the roster. Pressy's gone. I mean, like if I was a Celtic fan, I'd I'd like to see him back. I feel like he is a good, good backup, and he has. In my opinion, improved a lot in the second season. So, but I don't know. It doesn't look good for him either. That you got to take it right. Uh, no, it doesn't look good for him. He he even Phil Pressy the other day actually spoke to uh, reporters and answered a question about how, what he was trying to do uh, to impress the Celtics and if he was trying to stick with the organization. And his his response was almost prophetic. We'll see, actually, if it is. But it seems to me as though he knows something uh, and that he knows he's got his work cut out for him if he's going to make this team because he said that he's he's out there trying to impress the Celtics. He's out there trying to impress all 30 teams. and that he's So he essentially is playing for himself right now. And while he's going to try and fit into the team dynamic uh, for the Celtics, he it, it seems to realize that he's not – He's probably not going to make this team. He's got to look elsewhere, so he's got to impress somebody else. Okay, so let me let's do David Lee real quick before we sort of analyze the roster overall. I like I like the trade in. You wouldn't be stuck with Gerald Wallace anyway. Like you, you're, you're only adding on five million if Lee, if Lee like manages to fit in there, and they and they manage to find a way to get him minutes. Although it, it's going to be difficult in the respect that he's, you know, an offensive player and not a defensive player, which is sort of what entirely what they have at that position, other than now Amir Johnson. But, I, but the, the more important thing to me is that, and, you know, maybe he maybe he's starting to slip a, a little bit offensively. Although who knows with the amount of minutes he played this season, I've heard that argument that he's yeah. starting to slip. But it's like. Like two years ago, he was a, a twenty and ten guy. He's yeah, you know, okay. He doesn't play defense, but he's still basic, basically your best offensive player if he can replicate you know anything close to what he replicated a couple years ago. As yeah, as far as being in the post is concerned, for sure. Uh, Jared Sollinger is still too raw. Uh, I still haven't seen enough improvement from him in the post and with his inside game to say anything about him. Zeller hopefully takes a step forward here. Uh, but he's no offensive genius. David Lee is definitely the guy with the most potential to break out, and that's why I think that it's a it's a good deal. And Wallace wasn't going to get any time anyway, right? I mean, yeah, he wasn't. No, he wasn't because rely heavily on James Young. You're going to go with a three guard lineup a lot, I believe, with uh, Thomas Bradley and Smart. I think you're going to see that a lot. Evan Turner is probably going to play a lot of a lot of minutes again this year. They really liked, or Brad Stevens really liked brought to the team last year. So really, unless there's an injury, Jay Crowder, not to even mention him, who just signed that, that 
long-term deal with the Celtics, is definitely going to get a lot of playing time next this coming season. So Gerald Wallace was really not going to see any minutes. David Lee, on the other hand, I feel like can compete with some of the younger guys that while the younger guys in the smaller positions, the guard positions feel like I feel like they're locked into getting minutes. If a guy like David Lee is starting to play well and he comes back healthy and he's performing well in practice and he, he, I could see him stealing some minutes from some of these other guys because they were very inconsistent you know, last year. Hold on a second. My phone volume went down near the end of whatever your last sentence was. But, um, oh. uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, what I was going to say I, is, I just said, I just said that they, they were very inconsistent last year, so that that's why I, I can see a guy like David Lee coming in and stealing minutes. Okay, so my question to you is: is if you're a big picture guy, would you could you could you argue then that that's not a good thing, David Lee coming in and stealing minutes as a 32 year old guy who's probably not going to be there uh, after this season, but who knows? comes to the Celtics, steals minutes from guys like Solinger and, and Olenek, who, you know, Solinger's coming up against his, uh, you know, extension. You're going to have to figure out how much money you're going to offer him. If he's, if David Lee's cutting into his minutes, if David Lee's your starter, and, and you're not trying to win next year, because obviously the Celtics aren't going to, to win next year, can you say that David Lee is maybe a negative in that respect? Just that he's going. Well, to- you could you could say that, but I would say that I would not say that. I would say that if a guy like that comes in and tries to steal minutes from a, a younger player like Sullinger, who's up against his extension, and he doesn't put up the fight to go out and get those win those minutes back, then he's not a guy you want to extend anyway. And there have been questions about Sullinger's work ethic and his attitude towards things, and. I mean, until he shows it on the court again, I, I just consistently, day in, day out, this is the NBA. This is a professional world here, buddy. It's not college anymore. You should realize this. He he deserves to be the guy that loses minutes. I'd rather have Olenek and Zeller out there if they're giving 100% effort all the time, but maybe not producing even as much as or as Sellinger would with a higher level of effort because he's just so inconsistent or he's shown inconsistency in the past with, with his just focus for capacity in the, on, on the court. So in that respect, David Lee, I believe, should get minutes over Sellinger. And Amir Johnson, for that matter, will get minutes over Jared Sellinger. That's not even a question. So right now, if you've had your druthers, I just like saying that phrase, uh, who would be who would be your two starters at the big positions going into next season? Um, and then the first man. Honestly, I mean, it, it really depends on whether Tyler Zeller takes a step forward or not. Um, because I would probably say that if he doesn't take that step forward, you're going with Johnson and Sullinger. And if he does take a step forward, then you're probably going with Zeller and Johnson. Bring Sullinger off the bench. And then uh, the the other big is uh, Kelly Olenek, and he fits in off the bench as well. He'll he'll come in with for some minutes off the bench. But I feel like Amir Johnson is an automatic starter, regardless of uh, what Sullinger shows you in training camp. It's so Zeller. That's the question mark in my mind. You've got Lee Fifth in that rotation, then, or did you just forget about him? 
at this point, I would say Lee would probably be ahead of of Olenek and right behind the guy uh, that's coming off the bench. So I, I guess he's he's the four or five, but I still believe Olenek's going to get time. Right. But you see, I think there's going to be a, a, a yeah. No, there's. I see the problem. I do see the problem. But David Lee also getting snuffed out as the fifteen million dollar man is okay with me. If he's not the guy that's performing, I'm fine with that because Wallace was going to sit there anyway. Yeah. No. The, the trade itself. You know, by itself, it's no problem. It's a low risk situation. Excuse me. It's a low risk situation because you're bringing him in again for a year. You had Charles Wallace on the books for a year anyway, so it's basically costing you five mil. And it's it's more a matter of you know how how he's used, how that affects team chemistry, that sort of thing. I don't think that David Lee is the kind of guy who, if you don't play him will cause a problem, so I wouldn't be worried about that. It's more like a, a developmental issue, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, if you want to go to our caller, we can go to our map. All right, yeah, I was going to say, um, we're about to end the Celtics segment here and move on, but before we do that, there is a caller here on the board. haven't heard from him in a while, and uh, when we were going to do a show last week, I, I just noticed that I put a... He put a uh, message a comment on our facebook careless whispers podcast wall and he had some angry thoughts that he wanted to express on the show unfortunately we didn't have a show so here we are now i'm wondering if he's calmed down a a lot or not or if he's just still as angry as he was before if this david lee thing has made him a little happier so we go to him now it's been a long time coming sam in san diego sir Welcome back. Thanks. Hey, Matt. Hey, Calvin. Um, hey. Great to hear you guys on the radio. It's going good. It's going good. I'm actually going out to Summer League next week, so uh, oh, excellent. I'm going to be out there for that Wednesday and Thursday for the tournament, so I'm excited to see the C's in action. Um, Are you going to Utah? I was angry last No, I'm to Vegas. <laughs> oh, okay. To Vegas, yeah. <laughs> um, <See>? Vegas. <laughs> Right. So of course. I was angry last week, but I mean, I think everybody was angry. Um, you know, actually, what concerned me more than anything with regards to draft day was not so much that they didn't make the deals as much as the rumors that were coming out of uh, their draft central that, that there was so much disappointment um, with the Celtics, um, with Ainge and company. Uh, you know, the fact that they were upset um, makes me think that, you know, their plan, at least for that day, did not go you know, according to what they wanted to do. So yeah, so I'm I'm a little concerned about that. Sure. Should, but you Sam, know, did you I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm just wondering if you happen to to have heard our, our last show at all where I, I sort of feel like the, the value of draft picks has sort of screwed Ainge over a little bit because it's it's sort of cratered back down, uh, because of the rise of this new cap. He's like now it's draft picks aren't worth as much as they were even a year ago, and we're seeing, we're going into another bad draft next year, uh, supposedly, where, you know, we have one elite prospect in Ben Simmons, and after that, it's it's supposedly a a much weaker class than the last two, so if, you know, the Celtics are going to have several picks in next year's draft, they had four in this year's, they tried to make six, uh, they tried to trade six picks to the Charlotte Hornets for the number nine pick, 
and the Hornets, the Hornets turned them down for that. So they ended up having to draft four guys. Like I was telling Rui only a couple of minutes ago, you know, there's not enough room on the roster for at least two of those guys. How they, they're going to have to clear out room for another two guys at least next year. Probably they're going to have more than two picks. you got to figure next year. So do you, do you feel like the, the, the trade for picks – I don't know. It seems like it's it's working against them right now, unless they can move some of these in a in a deal to get something better. Yeah, I think I think that it was just a couple of years ago that you heard everybody say that everybody was valuing picks and hoarding picks, and nobody wanted to give them up because they were cost controlled. I don't think it's because of the draft. I think it's because the, it's because of what happened with the salary cap and the fact that it's going up, so everybody's anticipating. So now they've lost That's value. It. And I think well, no, everyone, has, have, everyone has money now, so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? That's he, really what it is. Yeah, he miscal. I think he, I think he's made a miscalculated there, um, which is unfortunate. I think yeah, just looking at this David Lee trade. I mean, I, I like the trade because I like David Lee as a player. I, I like what he did in the finals. I thought he was he was kind of a turning point there. Um, but the he kind of I kind of think of him as the same as uh, Isaiah Thomas, where maybe. Ainge can't help but acquire him because he sees an upgrade in talent that's just kind of sitting out there. He can acquire. What I don't understand is is where they fit in the plan, though, because acquiring Isaiah Thomas last year made us enough to make the playoffs. Um, and so, what do you guys think those two players in Ainge's in Ainge's mind is? Is this a talent acquisition, and he's just kind of playing it by ear? It is. I, I to Gerald Wallace, yeah. Calvin. I mean, I think always looking for for 10th and he thinks that David Lee can contribute and like I just said if he he doesn't contribute it's not that big of a deal the Celtics still needed to make that floor bill uh, for the salary cap that Calvin referred to earlier uh, and did a, a little bit of that by signing Dereb, or signing Amir Johnson but other deals are are team friendly deals if you ask me Jarebko and, and Crowder so those are that's good value so they had some more room to take on some and maybe gamble a little bit on a player that showed some flashes in the, in the, uh, uh, in the finals when he was called upon and maybe helped the Boston Celtics actually make a run here uh, at a higher seed in the Eastern conference. Yeah. I, and, and you know, this year, I think the most important thing is, is what happens with smart because it, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm on him. I mean, at a number six pick, you almost need him to become a star. And I don't feel like most general managers think that about him. I don't really think Ainge thinks that about him, but you know, he's only in his second year. So you never know. He could turn it around, but I think that he's the most important piece of this puzzle this year. And do you guys think, what do you think his upside potential is? Oh man, I was going to let you take that one. I I mean, To me, to me, I, I feel like his shot needs to get better. His the confidence is there. This kid has the utmost confidence here. He he thinks he's gonna be a shooter. He he belongs. He's a very good defender, and he has the potential to be an elite defender if he focuses on it. Uh, but sometimes I think that he he lets some a little bit of arrogance come through. Uh, and while that's a good thing in some respects. As a rookie and a younger player, you need to be able to hone that in. If he can keep his head on straight. I think he's going to be a good player in this league for years to come. I wouldn't hang my hat on him. I wouldn't say that he'd be a franchise guy. No, because I mean, I was hoping 
we'd see something like a Damian Lillard, you know, where the first year you can obviously tell he's going to be a star, but you know, he's if he becomes a star, it's going to have to be on the Chauncey Billups um, track. It looks like so. He's got um, to have to. Final question, Robin. What do you think? Huh? What's that? Oh, what do I think? I said I said he's uh, gonna I said he's gonna have to work. What do you think? I mean, he, he is he's definitely going to have to work. He's gonna have to work on his on his dribbling. I don't know that he's fast enough to like to consistently be an elite point guard in this league, and he's not he's not creative enough with the ball. You know, like I, I would question his court vision, I guess, in terms of like being able to find guys like in crazy like you see from like the Chris Pauls of the world. I don't know if he'll. That, that's the kind of thing that's difficult to work on and develop. I think that if he becomes a star, the, like you know, it's it's going to have to be like he's going to have to become better in the way that like Avery Bradley became better, which is like you know coming off of screens, improving his shooting, uh, getting a little more confident, and you know becoming a, a a more consistent defender, not committing as many dumb fouls as as he committed, mm-hmm. sort of yep, in, improving in that sense. In, in, in the intangibles, because that's what he's, you know, that's what his his he's best at is intangibles, and I, I think he can become a, a very good player in, in this league. But I, I think just the type of player that he is, it's going to be difficult to be to become a star out of that mold. All right, so, um, guys. Have... Yeah, last question. Just, um, and I haven't done my homework on this, so I'm going to go with your guys' opinion. Um, I, I heard about Brooklyn trying to deal Joe Johnson to Cleveland, or or something along those lines. If you're Brooklyn, what exactly is your strategy here? If, if your picks are are going to go to Boston um, and you're not a good team, um, where do you go from here? Do you try to win? Do you, I mean, tanking doesn't help anything. What would you What would you be trying to do, or do you know what they're trying to do? I have no idea what they're trying to do. Maybe Calvin can speak to this a little better, but what I would try to do, or what I thought they were trying to do to start this thing, it was to compete again and make the playoffs again and maybe add a few other pieces, and uh, they draft uh, a pretty good shooter out of my hometown, Arlington, Massachusetts, and Pat Connaughton uh, out of Notre Dame. He played in Notre Dame, but he was born and raised in Arlington, so we're, we're proud of him as a hometown boy making the NBA, uh, but then they traded, they shipped him off to Portland, so I thought that they, that, uh, they were going to try and use – him as a maybe a shooter, and then they bring back Brooke Lopez. They bring back Thaddeus Young. These are pieces that that players that played pretty well for them down the stretch. And uh, Lopez is is their franchise guy. Theron Williams is still there. I thought they were trying to win. Getting rid of Joe Johnson, maybe they're just trying to shed his contract. But I don't really know what that move would do for them because they're not getting anything back from Cleveland. And like you said, Sam, their picks are pretty much worthless. Yeah, but Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn was the only team last year uh, to be in. They're the only team ever to pay the repeater tax. They paid ninety million in tax last year, more more than the actual salary cap, more than the luxury tax. They paid more in that in penalties than the tax itself. So I imagine what they're trying to do is get rid of Joe Johnson right now, who is the second highest paid player in the league behind. Tired of paying tax. Uh, yeah, it's his last the last year of his deal. He's not. They don't want him back anyway. They're they're just trying to get rid of his massive contract so they don't have to pay the repeater tax another season, and they'll probably get a draft pick or two out of it. So, wow, that was you know, a lot easier. I should have just let you yeah. take that one. <laughs> there you have it, Sam. Oh. Well, we know Calvin knows everything, so um, <laughs> yeah, they're tied. They're tied to paying the. That's it. The Calvin's Calvin realizes it. I I should just let him run the show. I, just sometimes I oh, can hey, um, uh, right. um, 
well, I'm going to go and let you guys go. Um, thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, I'll, I'll call you guys uh, in uh, in a couple weeks uh, when you're back to tell you what I saw in Summer League. So uh, go Celtics. Yeah, and, and if you could... Hey, one last thing. Hey, Kelvin, what did you think of the Lakers pick? Did you like Russell over Okafor? Uh, I was ecstatic because and it's it's not, you know I don't know because I don't I don't watch enough college basketball to really know. Although it's funny because I I knew nothing about Jaheel Okafor and I just watched him in a couple of uh, I don't really watch college basketball until around the time of the tournament. And I I saw games that he dominated and I still sort of felt unimpressed with his game and thought it, it looked um, it looked a little too slow and simple. But the but the real reason why I didn't want the Lakers to draft him is because. Julius Randle is also a, a you know powerful power post type player, and I, I just don't think that those two would work well together, particularly yeah, because neither one, one of them is known as a defender. I just think if you, if you have a center in the league today and he doesn't play defense, then it, it's such a liability that it, it, it makes it makes it difficult to have him out there on the floor unless you have a dominant shot blocking four. Unless you have Serge Ibaka next to him, like I I really don't want to have a guy like Jaheel up for and. You know, Russell might turn out to be a bust. He, he might not, but I just I'm more excited about the prospect of the Lakers having a, a legitimate point guard for the first time since Magic Johnson, basically. Oh, actually, you know what? I'll give Nick Van Exel credit. First time since Nick Van Exel. He was an All Star. Nick Van Exel was an All Star. The last guy to yeah. be in the backcourt with uh, Kobe and be an All Star. Sam from San Diego. We appreciate the call as always, man. Let us know how Vegas Thanks goes, buddy. Stay safe. All right. Well, dude. Thanks a lot, guys. Go Celtics. Go Celtics. There he goes. Nice to hear from him, Calvin. And I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you that Sam was brought to you by Casper. That's right, Casper. Not the friendly ghost. Not the friendly ghost. How you been sleeping lately, Calvin? Uh, not so good. I might have a friendly ghost living in my mattress because at night, like, I just keep hearing weird creaking noises. So I think my, my uh, springs are starting to creak. Well, then, boy, oh, boy, do we have the promo for you. Casper is not a friendly ghost. Casper is a wonderful mattress company, baby. It's an online retailer of premium mattresses and boy, are they cheap premium stuff though. This is it's, it's a good value just like Jay Crowder. So go to casper.com slash Celtics, put in the promo code Celtics and uh, that's just get you a $500 twin mattress or a, King you can extra 50 bucks off by putting in that promo code Celtics. Um, it's it's online, so it's easy. Their mattresses are obsessively engineered. That's what they want to tell you, and that's that's that feels good to me. They really want to want to get in there and figure out what makes a good mattress. It's a combination of latex and memory foam, and you're gonna love it. You're going to have better nights and brighter days. You won't be tossing and turning all night. Maybe you had a traumatic experience earlier in the day. You wake up at 5 a.m. What do you do? Can't fall back asleep. You need a mattress by Casper. So get it. Casper.com slash Celtics. Put in that promo code Celtics, baby. That's right. Not Celtics, baby, but Celtics. Anyway, you know who doesn't probably need a good night of sleep? At this point, Kobe Bryant, he probably feels great about the way the Lakers have set themselves up, right? 
I mean, knowing Kobe, probably. I mean, Roy, 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 <laughs> he's still the man. He's he's still the focus, Calvin. Right? Why don't you take this away? Let us know the plethora of mid-level free agents that the Lakers have signed this uh, offseason. I mean, it's it's basically three as, as, yes. as of this time, but it's it, it might be. The, it might be the strangest three. I, it's funny because at this time last season, I thought the Lakers roster acquisition was weird. But these these three guys are they're just all over the place. I mean, at least at least they got one of each type, which is what they needed. So first, uh, the Lakers signed uh, Sweet Lou Williams, uh, a guy who you know he had a, actually had a pretty good year in Toronto last year. Good back player off that injury. I've always, yeah, I've always found him entertaining, sort of a, uh, you know, the younger Jamal Crawford. If you're, you're getting a little, sick you know, he's a sneaky, he's a sneaky fantasy free agent later in the year when you need a lot of threes or something. Sneaky. Yeah, it's too bad Byron's got hates threes, but uh, yeah. So, so it's theoretically you'd be good to see him on the Lakers, but it's like the Lakers already have their Lou Williams, and his name is Nick Young. If we get, if we get rid of Nick Young. Which they've been ta- they've been talking about trading him in order to acquire Roy Hibbert. I'd I'd be delighted if the Lakers could trade Nick Young, but I'm I'm skeptical that that's going to happen. I'll just put it that way. But if we have to, if I have if I have to deal with the, of a year with Kobe, Nick Young, and Lou Williams on the roster, I'm, I just I might show myself at some point next year. Who else is going to shoot the basketball? Nobody, right? Nobody else would shoot. Maybe a guy uh, if they get a I, rebound. Julius Randle, uh, no. D'Angelo Russell could shoot, and Julius Randle supposedly has pushed his range to three point range. In, oh, hey now. In, in, yeah, no, yeah. So wait a minute. Randall's let's let's not forget that you. Let's not forget that the Lakers just signed a guy whose nickname for a while in Boston was No Pass. What's going to happen to Brandon Bass? His, the ball's going to stick in his hands too. Yeah, but here's the thing about Brandon Brandon Bass. The ball's not. The ball's only going to stick in his hands on offensive rebounds because nobody's ever going to pass from the ball anyway. I'm not holding with no pass. Like so no, the whole no pass bass thing. It's like okay, so what if he takes a shot every time he gets the ball? How many times a game does Brandon Bass even get the ball? You know what I mean? Bass, well, on the Lakers, on the Lakers, he's probably not going to get the ball. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised no. he's going there. He he's a decent mid range shooter, and I would feel like he should seek out a place that's going to utilize him for that purpose. Oh, I'll, don't challenge me, Ray. I'll go look up some box scores right now and see how many times, even last year, Brandon Bass, you know, got into took more than ten shots a game. No, he didn't oh, last year. Of course, he wasn't. He wasn't getting the time or the or the touches last year. But uh, I feel like he 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 could and he should on a team in the NBA. And if he's going to go to a team as shoddy as the Lakers look right now, he might as well go to a, a team that's going to utilize him in that capacity more. I don't know who that might I like be. Bass. One, one, he's he's really improved. Not that he's I'm just a bitter. terrible defender, but but I, I feel like he's really improved his defense to where like he's a versatile defender. He can defend small forwards and sort of bigger players. He, you know, he's he's usually in good position for offensive rebounds. I like Brandon Bass. I, I liked him on the Celtics. I'm happy. I'm happy with the signing. Of all of all the Celtics, the Lakers could have signed. I mean, not that they could have signed that many. I guess what, what happened to Luigi Atome? I guess they could have signed him, right? He's gone. He's yeah. He's still walking. He's walking away. He hasn't been signed yet by anyone. Okay. Well, maybe the Celtics should bring him back then. Yeah. Of all the guys the Lakers could have signed, I'm Bass is, is you know near the top of, of my list. But you know what, Rui? Really? 
I don't I don't hate the I don't hate the Chibber trade. I'm gonna be honest with you. Again, the Lakers had to spend the money, right? They're trading Hibbert for a second round pick. Let's not forget that two years ago Hibbert was basically the best defensive player in the league. Right? Why why am I the Lakers had to, the worst defense in the NBA last year. Why am I tell me what, what is there to be disappointed about getting Roy Hibbert for nothing? I there's nothing. I I, I was yeah. not arguing against it ever. No, that, that's a good deal for the Lakers. I think that I mean it's another one of these situations, so, similar to the David Lee situation, in that maybe they don't really know what they're going to get out of Roy Hibbert, but it's worth a shot, right? Yeah, it, it, but the, the difference is in between our, the two situations, right? Is Roy Hibbert's going to come to the Lakers and take minutes away from Robert Sacre and Tariq Black? You know what I mean? He's, yeah, that's great. Minutes, yeah, he's taking minutes from a white guy with a French name. Like I can, I can live with that. I can live with that. I mean, I guess that also applies to Kelly Olynyk, but um. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it does it does somewhat apply to Kelly Olynyk, but I, I think he's a little bit better player than Robert Sacre, which is tough to say because Olynyk. I feel like people look at Kelly Olynyk and they say, "Oh, he's on the Celtics. He's he's look at him. He's doing this and he's doing that. And he's great." He's got effort and he tries really hard. But if he were to go to another team, he probably wouldn't see the light of day. Yeah. I, I just I feel like he's overmatched in a lot of situations in the NBA. I'm going to put it this way: a starting lineup of D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Kobe at the three, Randall at the four, and Roy Hibbert at the five kind of kind of makes me excited. If if Kobe's functional, Kobe's functional, I'm kind of excited about that. You like that, huh? It, do I think they're going to be good next year? No, I don't. But but one, I have three players to be excited about: the two rookies and the second-year guy, who Jordan Clarkson is super underrated. And yeah, you know, he's going to be back to block some shots. Yeah, if you look at his like since January numbers. Yeah, Clarkson like, looked really good. He had a yeah. great finish. I, I know that for for a fact. I was watching him yeah, beat he, my ass in the fantasy finals. <laughs> um, but anyway. He just got no minutes in the first half of the season. Like he was, he was buried on the bench. That's why. Yeah, he was, I mean, his overall numbers are okay. But there's like 13 points a game or something. But right. whatever. He won't keep. He won't get those kind of shots next season. But I think he's a good player. He's not bad defensively. He and he and Russell are both six five. So you were talking about a, a big backcourt. It's it's also not slow. You know, both of them can handle the ball equally. D'Angelo Russell can shoot like a maniac. Talking about guys who can shoot. Yeah. So, if, yeah, if I'm me, and I am me, I think that I would be, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited to see what, what the Lakers' young players do. There's more very, there's more okay. of a variable so, on that team. And, uh, like, have you... Are what, are what they are to me. Like, I don't... Right. I don't... And you know so have, I mean? you, have I, you done what, what we speculated, or what I speculated that Danny Ainge has done and given up that nobody nobody big is coming and that that's it? Uh, have you... You don't, you don't really care that... You couldn't land LaMarcus Aldridge. You don't care about any of these other big players. Kevin Love sniffed at the Lakers, and that's about it. It's okay. No superstar. Nobody wants no, to play no, with no, Kobe. No. You're, you're fine with this, or no? No, no, no. We we see. Uh, we we could go back. To, we can go back to that. If, am I fine with that? No. I mean, I'm disappointed. We had a shot at the Marcus Aldridge, and the Lakers blew it because Kobe's a douchebag. Am I happy? Am I happy about that? No. But there's, but there's still enough. At the end of the day, when all is said and done, there's still enough things on this particular team for me to be interested 
in what they do. I, I find that I'm not saying that I think they'll be good. I don't. And I'm disappointed because I thought if they, if they got the Marcus Aldridge, if they got Kevin Love, they got, if they got just one of the guys and then, you know, paired them with the guys that I'm excited about. And, you know, maybe, maybe they needed to make that Hibbert trade anyway. Then, then I wouldn't be excited about the team as a, as a championship contender, but maybe I'd be excited about them as a possible playoff contender. With oh, if I would, I would say, I would say a combo of Hibbert, uh, Kobe, Aldridge, and two of the younger players, two out of your three right. or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a playoff team at seven or eight seed in the West, at least competing for it. They're definitely five hundred, and I know that's not good enough in the West, but. That's right. that's well, well, a competition, and that's better than expected, right. right? Well, especially with with Portland and probably the Mavericks now falling out. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But yeah, those those two are probably out. So that means there's there's a spot there's spots for two new teams. You know what I mean? But uh, so whatever that didn't that didn't work out. Am I disappointed about that? Sure, very. But I, I have to turn the page. In I don't know the team. The team is at least interesting. I'll. I'll deal with a I'll deal with a bad team if they if they're they've got potential and they're interesting going forward. I could I could do it for one more year. I, I could talk myself into Kobe retires after this next season and then the Lakers have they'll, basically they'll have enough cap space next season for, you know, two two max contracts plus a like a, a mid level. They'll have like fifty million in, in cap space next year, which so will the Celtics. But I don't but with the Lakers minus Kobe with those guys, I, I have a little more. I have a little more faith in their ability than I would the Celtics. Based on, I, I felt like in this offseason, the Celtics, they couldn't even, they couldn't even land a meeting with a guy. You know what I mean? Like, are you happy about that? Let me flip this back around on you. How do you feel about that? Oh, you're gonna turn like, this back around? No, I'm not happy yeah. about that. But, uh, I mean, I, I, like I didn't, I didn't really expect, I didn't really expect it though. You know, I, I, I actually, I can't say I didn't expect meetings, but. It seems like players nowadays, Calvin, pick two or three teams that they they want to talk to, and that's it. They're not open to talking to team or what. That's not on the Celtics. That's on the players. Right, but, it, but, isn't, but isn't that depressing? Then you have like so. It's so unfortunate, but I can't blame the Celtics. I can't blame the team that I like for that. Yeah. I, I, well, I blame well, the players not interested. Amir Johnson spoke to the Celtics and signed right away. He was interested. I, I mean, I have a, I have a hard time believing that the Celtics are the only team that offered Amir Johnson twelve million dollars a year. I, I feel like that like, like that is probably not true. He signed on real quick, so okay, somebody so wants to come to the Celtics. I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm okay with mid level guys wanting to come to the Celtics. Somebody somewhere wants to be here. If it's not Kevin Love and it's not Lamarcus Aldridge and it's not Marcus Saul, fine. Someday somebody will be here, and until then. I feel like they're putting a good product out there. Let's okay, okay. Let's take the blame out of it, okay? It doesn't matter who, if it's the captain of the ship, or it's the you know guy back on the shore who gave you directions, or it's your navigator. The ship's like there's there's rocks ahead, right? What's the the, the bottom line is just like what's the way forward? Is the way forward? Celtics have, you know, again, they're going to have 50 million in, in cap space next year. Do you have confidence that they'll be able to sign a huge free agent in the next offseason? Do you think that, for example, they'd be able to get a meeting with Kevin Durant? I would like to or, think that, yes. I would like to think so. But, because, again, it, it, okay. it's going to depend on the player. Kevin Durant, 
from the outside seems to be the type of guy that is going to be open to, to hearing all offers. He's switched uh, beverage companies a couple times. If I, if I'm th- remembering correctly, he, I think he's had a couple of different shoe companies already. He seems to go for the best deal in sponsorships. So I feel like he would be open to just about anything. Whereas when it came down to it, it started to sound like a guy like Kevin Love was really only open to Los Angeles or wherever LeBron was. And some guys are going to be like that. So it it really depends on the player, Calvin. I mean, you can't, I know you're trying to get me to take the blame out of it and take any, anything away as far as that's concerned. Yeah, it's disappointing, but I'm not a, a, a Hornets fan. I'm not a, Man, so I wanted you, to say a Cav- I, I wanted to say a Cavs fan, but LeBron's there, so it's okay. I'm not a Timberwolves fan. Players aren't flocking to Minnesota. They're not flocking to. Well, that's a wait, wait. That's I, a perfect example, though. You, 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 because I asked you what, what's the way forward. Well, Minnesota's obvious way forward is was to be bad for a while. You know, get get a bunch of picks. Now they have this super young team where you can you can see a way forward for Minnesota right now because they have Andrew Wiggins, Carl Towns, you know say whatever you want to say about Ricky Rubio. They could trade Ricky Rubio. They could trade, uh, what's his name, that big center they have who's not going to be able to play with Towns. Pekovic. Uh, Pekovic, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, you, so I can see I can see a road for them. I guess I guess that's my question to you. What's the, what's the road for the Celtics right now? Is it is it just throwing bait out there and hoping they get a free agent? And do you have confidence in that plan, or do you think that they have to switch in another direction? Do they have to do they have to reverse and become bad again? Should Ainge just? Should Ainge I think just that it's. I think that. I, I think that he is is doing. He's trying to ways, and he might be successful in doing so. I think that he's going to ride this out again and have a team that's competitive, and the the fans are going to stick around and they're going to be happy with the product. And then I think yet again he's going to go through this. Can I land a big free agent next year? And it's going to be another one of these runaround things. And you know what, Calvin? If he can pull that off and make the playoffs as a 6-7 seed uh, and maybe potentially even jumping up to like a 3 or 4 over the next 3 to 4 years just by building the core that he has right now and flop, flip-flopping some mid-level guys uh, that are going to fill uh, salary spots before he can go after a big free agent the following year, I'm I'm fine with that too, and it's not going to win a championship in the next couple of years, but it's going to be entertaining, and it's hopefully with Brad Stevens going to be a good brand of basketball that's fun to watch, and he, by that point when he keeps having year after year that he can throw money money at someone, that person will emerge and they'll have a chance for a championship. Then I'm okay with that plan if that's what it is. So what's your core then right now? What's your core three or four guys? That you, that you um, define as like three or four years from now, these will be the guys on the team that that you know is, represents the core of this team. I mean, I guess you're looking at Isaiah Thomas. You still need a big part of the problem, uh, and I, I guess you're going to be one of those guys. We're, we're talking about three or four years down the line. Yeah, Ainge is definitely hoping for Marcus Smart to emerge and he can trade away. Be like that, and I have some confidence in Avery Bradley. Actually, I've I've gone back and forth on him. 
but I think that he's the type of player that still has potential to emerge as a lockdown defender and with the right guys around him, I think that he can, he can be a a really solid shooting guard for this team going forward. So I'm going to stick with him, but otherwise, no, it's still up in the air, but they have players that can play and compete in, in the Eastern conference is what I'm saying. So they have guys that will have the opportunity to emerge as guys that may be able to carry them forward. Right. And, if right. the, if they're putting out that good year as I'm because they are giving themselves the opportunity to be a big free agent in following years with the way the contracts are structured. Does that make sense? We are running yeah, way right. long right now. Yeah, let's, why don't we just go to this right now? <laughs> yeah, we're we're running we're running extremely long. And before we go to Liz, I want to remind everyone that the British Open is coming up. And you know what that means, Calvin. DraftKings is back, baby. DraftKings is back. The British Open, the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. And earlier this year, DraftKings celebrated golf's first two majors by crowning the first ever fantasy golf millionaires. That's right. Fantasy golf. The British Open is coming next week. It starts July 16th. That's eight days from now. That means you have until July 15th. That's Wednesday to get in on this thing and DraftKings is going to be giving out $3 million in prizes uh, and hopefully crowning fantasy golf's next millionaire. So head on over to DraftKings.com right now and put in the promo code new England to be eligible for a free chance to become a millionaire in this golf contest. All you have to do is pick six golfers that you're going to do well in the British and over the course of the three, four days, Hopefully they make it all, all four days if you picked them. Uh, they will rack up points, and if you have more points than the next guy and than all the other people playing, you will be that millionaire, that fantasy golf millionaire. So it starts when the tournament uh, starts, and they're, they're asking you to pick your players before next Wednesday, before July, because the tournament starts early on July 16th. Uh, and, of course, it's overseas if you're listening here in the States. So the, don't forget about that time difference. You don't want to wake up Thursday morning and not have your golfers picked. So whether you're a, uh, a McElroy fan, hopefully he's, his ankle's not hurt too bad that he can participate in this thing. Who knows? Maybe maybe Tiger Woods comes out of uh, his funk here, Calvin. What do you think? I'm not sure. But either way. Saying no, for, no on Tiger? No on Tiger. No. Don't pick t- Kings, ladies and gentlemen. That's what Calvin's telling you. That's his opinion. Go to draft.com and put in the promo code New England right now. Pick your golfers before next Wednesday. All right. With that, we do bring on Liz. And um, I may uh, I may do something quickly. Quickly here, Liz. To throw him off guard, he did call. You know what, Calvin? Liz, welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Hello. Great. Hi. Um, I'm going to do this too because I want to know, and I'm ask him this. He's not going to have anything else. He might be pissed off, but I don't care. Mad Dog, tell me who is the core on the Celtics right now. 
right That's now, it. you. That's all I want to know. Right now, um, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, um, really, uh, really, that's um, J- Jared Solinger. I really don't li- like. There's not too many options there. That's it. That's it, Calvin. Boom, three players, and maybe we'll go back to Mad Dog after we talk to Liz here, just to get in depth. If you if you <laughs> decide to, there, Calvin, I'm going to put this on you, uh, Liz. What do you have for us tonight with your wonderful topics? Hey, guys. Um, So there were a couple things that I saw. First, I just read about Keith Olbermann leaving ESPN. I know that's a sports topic, sort of. So I just wanted to mention it briefly. I didn't know he was back with ESPN. (laughs) It's been a while. Have you been for a while? What yeah, are your thoughts on Keith Olbermann? I kind back of love and forth him. and back and forth, you know. Yeah, he's all over the place. All right, anyway. Oh, I forgot to play so, your okay. intro, Liz. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really thought I made it this time. I nope. thought I did it. Um, so I also just read about this business with Tom Selleck and the drought. Have you guys heard about the Tom Selleck story? No, okay, great. I have not, but he has a great I'll mustache. Great. So, not too long ago, I, I had actually researched Tom Selleck. I'm not sure why. I just happened to, like, look up information on him. And he has his own ranch with an avocado farm. Like, Did you do this because serious. I told you my mom loves Magnum P.I.? No. Actually, I don't know. Maybe that is what prompted it. <laughs> I couldn't remember why I was looking up Tom Selleck. Anyway, he has this huge, this huge ranch. Yeah, this is for Nancy Rory. And he has, like, a large amount of avocados that he grows. And that's basically what he does other than acting. Like, he works on his own ranch. But um, many places in California have that, like, a drought watch in effect. So, Calvin, do you live in a, in a place that has, like, a certain amount of water that you can use? Uh, in, well, I live in a place, yes, that place is called California. Uh, is all California in, like, a drought watch? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's basically anybody, well, I don't pay a water bill, so I don't worry about it, but basically anybody who pays a water bill has to have their okay. water bill, uh, no, no, listen to me, that the water bill has to be cut by 30%. It was like from May to June, the water had to be cut by 30%, or they could receive up to like a $200 fine. Yes, yeah, I was, and I've, I read also that there are a bunch of people, there's this thing called drought shaming. And it's like a social media buzzword, hashtag drought shaming. And the pictures of sprinkler systems and things like that and post people's address um, like publicly. Like lawns so like, and stuff, right? What? People are taking pictures of lawns and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And they, like, post their address and, like, shame them. Wow, and, and cool. people, And people, yeah, and people, like, hump them down and stuff. And there are, like, there's actually um, apps that have been made to like share photos and info about people who are not following the drought warning. Anyways, so Tom Selleck, (laughs) I know. So Tom Selleck, um, apparently like hooked up this like hose to a public fire hydrant and had (laughs) brought it, basically brought it up to his ranch to like water his crop. And, did this like more than a dozen times and the the county that he's in 
got really, really mad and hired a PI, which is kind of <laughs> kind of funny thinking about that it's Tom Selleck. And um and they're suing him because he keeps stealing money from like the what public I mean water from the public water supply. Why right? would he do what is he trying to water again? He has an avocado farm. An avocado farm? Come on, man. Avocados are terrible anyway. Hey, listen, that is your opinion. But they're like, yeah. it's like gold, know. you know? You know everybody loves so, those things. Everybody loves those things but me. But seriously, Tom Selleck, stop stealing. Just because you have a great mustache and my mom thinks you're an excellent detective doesn't mean you can just steal water <laughs> from people. Can yeah, I briefly so he... rant on this drought for okay. a okay, Do yes, it. The drought shaming? Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, not even the drought shaming. Just the, the the entirety of the drought itself. Yeah, here's the thing about the drought. We're having we're having a drought in California. True, true story, true story. You know what's not having a drought though? I don't know if you've heard the entire rest of the United States. So yes, we're yes we're not getting enough water, and yes, that's that's it's affecting the crops and whatnot. But all of this apocalyptic panic about how, like, I'm going to have to take a 90-second shower now because, uh, you know, we're going to run out of water. We're not going to run out of water because there's still plenty of water left in the rest of this country. Yeah, it might start being a pain in the ass to get us water, and I get that, and it's, it's, like I said, it's going to affect the, the crops accordingly. But to, the idea that I'm, like, not one day not going to have the, you know, fancy bottles of Evian that I like to, to pour on myself when I come home from work is preposterous. There's always going to be enough water for me. <laughs> Well, well. Also, I heard that they're trying to ban bottled water in California, right? Is that happening? No, that's not happening. <laughs> okay. But if it, it but if it did happen, it would be more of a plastics issue because we're also like an environmentalist state. No, really, that that is the issue because yeah, like landfills are are just like filled with these plastic bottles because even though you can recycle them. You know, yeah. just, can't, anyway. I, have pay, I have to pay 10 cents for a bag if I go to the grocery store now. Oh, so, yeah, that, that's right. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what's happening in my there's state. Been, there's, been, there's been talk around here that Dunkin' Donuts is going to charge uh, for hot cups. That's that's all we have. That's a... Uh, oh, my God. You just you stopped and it sounded like you were mid-sentence. I was waiting for more. That nope, was, that's that it. it. That's it, Calvin. Well, in, um, in the town... Next to us, Dire Straits Somerville. In Somerville, they don't have styrofoam cups anymore. They've banned styrofoam. Right, they did that in Needham yeah. too. Yeah, that's smart. All right, so so that was one story which I thought was very entertaining, and I can't wait to see how that works out. So, anyways, he's being sued for twenty two thousand dollars. That's it. Good, nail him. Okay, the right. the final story that I have, which is really more um, entertaining, just probably just to me, is that Kel Mitchell of Keenan and Kel is coming back to Nickelodeon. You guys watch Keenan and Kel? Yeah. What's his show called? Something about orange soda? It's not about orange soda. He's going to be on a show. Um, I don't know. There's this ridiculous news story. It has this crazy picture of him like flexing in front of a giant bin of donuts. Like frosted donuts. Uh, game shakers. It's called Game okay. and So he's, he's a host the... of a game show on Nickelodeon. This guy just this can't get enough of Nickelodeon. Club, which is a website that people often read. 
And it says Mitchell will play the token grown-up in the sitcom. So he's going to be the, the grown-up. Interesting. He's going to be a rapper named Double G. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to be funny or if he's going to be insightful or both. I don't know. He honestly looks like he's not changed a single bit. Like, he doesn't even look older. So. Is he is he good burger, Cal? Uh, no, on Good Burger? No. No, he doesn't have the dreads like on Good Burger? Actually, I don't know. I am looking at a picture. No, no, his hair's short. So maybe he does look a little different. Uh Okay. Um, I didn't remember his hairstyle from back then. So apparently you looked a little bit better. Well, I just remember things. So. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. That's all I got for you guys. Oh, right. that's. I don't know the hell you're talking about. So that's yeah, Calvin has no clue, what? so it, you're just going to have to Goodbye, Liz. Goodbye, Liz. You know what? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. You don't know who Keenan and Kel are? Uh, I know who. I know who Keenan Thompson is, and I know that he was once on a show named Keenan and Kel, but I've never watched it, and nor do I know what the other guy looks like. Or any information about it. Likes orange soda. I get, I'm like blown away that you've never seen Keenan and Kel. I feel sad for you. I feel pretty good for you. Is that you. So <laughs> Alright, fine. That's your cue to leave. <laughs> make like a tree and get out of here. Okay. Alright, bye guys. See ya. Bye, bye Liz. Thanks. Later. Later. Good, good to talk to you. There she goes. All right. Liz. Yeah. Liz Frola. Number one. Number one stunner. Rory, we can always, we can go to Mad Talk because, you know what? We, we can always talk about general NBA free agency next week. That way, we have yet another week to talk about something. That's right. Well, not on Tuesday because no show for us on Tuesday. Maybe we'll do a Wednesday show again because this seems to be our trend. Uh, we'll have to discuss that. But... <laughs> Let's do it. Let's let's back. Dog. He called three four seven two one five seven seven one. He's been waiting. You heard him briefly before Liz give us his. Or he pressed the none, and now he is here with us again. What's on your mind tonight, Mad Dog? Because I'm not sure how much of the beginning of the show you heard. You only I know this. You've only hit the board for. I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes, something like that. But uh, tell us your takes. What do you Okay, well, I wanted to just get into the to, to the state of the Celtics um, with, and, and where the Celtics are, are as a franchise right now. But just, just very briefly, you, you guys hit, hit, a, hit, hit a sweet spot with me and Nickelodeon. Oh, um, all those shows from 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 all that to Keenan and Kill, Cat Dog, K Arnold, the Rugrats are you, you you can go on and on. Um, are you afraid of the dark? Um, oh man, and Liz, you got him. Rock and Power, all those shows <laughs> they, they, they were so excellent. And Calvin, and Calvin, I don't know if I if I can look at you in the same way now. Said to see that you never seen great show on. On Nickelodeon, and uh, now, now, um, it, it was incredible. Now I don't know how, how how old you are, but 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 people who are who are in their twenties, they um they grew up with with the um 
with all those with all those great shows, including um, all the ones that I just mentioned. But but yeah, <laughs> I could I could go on and on and on and on. Shame on you, Calvin. Uh, um, Rocco's Modern Life, another uh, another great uh, another great classic. I evolved go- there. <laughs> Yeah, the, the only, out of all the shows you name, the only one I've seen is Rugrats. I'll be honest with you. Rugrats, all right. Rugrats. I like a band named Reptar. So here we go. All right, Mad Dog. What do you have on the Doug. Celtics here, bud? Doug, Doug's good show. Great. One. This, okay, this anyway, is not the um, '90s cartoon hour here. What do you have? Anyway, anyway, I'm, yeah, yeah. I got to get back on track. So I was talking with, with with one of my buddies the other day, and just looking to see what the Celtics have done in, in the draft, which is an absolutely absolutely hor- horrible draft for them absolutely horrendous for uh, for what their needs were with everything so i was naming the teams that are better than the Celtics in the nba just going f- from a draft perspective from next uh, from for 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 well, next okay year. hold on hold on a sec before you before you criticize the draft who were the two guys that they should have gotten instead of Rozier and Hunter? You wanted Decker, or no, no, did you like for the names. Celtics? He's got names. Well, don't think he does. I no, I, I know he does. I want to hear them. Um, I, I think the Sam Decker was it was definitely a better play there. I think that Javari Grant out of out of Notre Dame was a better play there. Um, I thought that I thought that he, even Titus Jones was a better play there. If they were going to take a guard, I don't like Terry Rozier at all. He he just does not fit in well with this team, um, and so does an RJ Hunter. They they both don't. Okay. They're just more guards. You just it, right. just it, it made a manual so, sense to me. But so um, what's, what's the point then? How far down on your list of, of teams in the draft did the Celtics make it here? Well, they, they are they are they are in the bottom third of the league. They are in the bottom third, and and I'm not going to rattle them all off, but. But in the East, it's it's pretty obvious. In the East and in the West, but but the other well, point, interesting, it, it, more interestingly, it, let, let's single it out. Forget the teams that are obviously better than them. What teams do you think that were below them last year are jumping them? Other than Miami, was Miami I, below them? Yeah, they were. Yeah, other than Miami, who's jumping them next year? Indiana. Yes, I think the Indiana is. I think that Charlotte, if they stay healthy, has a great chance to. I'm jumping. But wait a minute. Are you just I thought you were just basing this on the draft. Indiana signed Monte Ellis. No, no, That's no. I'm basing other, No, well, I'm looking at big perspective of the Celtics now going into next year. So I think that the Celtics in the East as far from a talent perspective. Now, I know that this is from a talent perspective are the 10th are, are the 10th best team team in the East. Ninth or 10th best team in the East. So so you look at that, and then you look out. Then you look out west. But what my whole point here is is that some people want to go the tanking route, which again, which again, um, there there there's very mixed opinions about that out there. But um, I look at it, and I look at teams like the seventy six Sixers, Orlando. I could throw in the Trailblazers, the Lakers, the Utah Jazz. You could throw in those teams. That are going to have a worse record than the Celtics. Would you? Would you guys agree with that? Uh, some people. Some people think the Jazz are going to be good next year. Uh, what were the other teams you named again? Let's see. Uh, Sacramento is an interesting. Portland. Portland's an interesting one. I do think they're. I think Portland's going to be really bad, but not everybody does. I just. I don't. I don't think Damian. How do you feel, Lillard that, Ford? Is, 
Yeah, I, I just don't think Lillard is as good as his reputation. Like he's, he's the minusiest defender on earth, and like he's he's not great at the rim. Um, so I don't think he's going to get the shots that he got. Yeah, and Wes Matthews was a super underrated player. They traded away Batum, their fourth best player. Like, yeah, Portland's going to be one of the worst teams. In the They're league. going to fall apart. But yeah, in general, though, but, guys, I I just I feel like teams. More often, more often than not, don't make huge jumps. They're not going to, or they they don't fall down that far. I, Philadelphia is not going to make a huge jump here to to be better than the Celtics. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Milwaukee, while they look like they've improved, I feel like they're not going to make a huge jump. They're not going to be ten wins better. Atlanta no, but may take a step back, but they're not going to be ten win, wins worse. You see what I'm saying here? So. I think that it's still going to be a sort of wait-and-see thing. You can't just throw out there that teams are definitely going to have a better record than the Celtics. They definitely look better because... Milwaukee and Atlanta already had better records than the Celtics. No, I understand that, but I'm just trying trying to say... I'm just trying to say relative to teams either falling behind them or hurtling them, just based on the moves in the offseason, nobody has made a big enough splash to make a significant ground in my mind to change their, their record that much to make them that much better than the Celtics. Just like the Celtics haven't made that much ground either. I think a lot of teams, while players are changing places, they sort pretty much look like they've stood pat. No, but you can argue that Indiana and Miami, uh, who essentially had, you know, a game or two off uh, records from the Celtics last season. if, If you factor in health, you know, both of those teams probably would have would have had better seasons than the Celtics last year, and this year they'll, they'll probably both definitely have better seasons than the Celtics. Is that un, is that an unreasonable assertion? If you and if you factor that in, then all of a sudden the Celtics are ninth, not even figuring you know what other team might rise up above them. Okay, is Brooklyn is Brooklyn guaranteed to have a spot? Then you, I mean, look at it on the other side. Are you saying that Brooklyn is definitely a, a couple games better than the Celtics again? Uh, Brooklyn makes the play. I can't even remember. Who no, I'm sorry. Um, they weren't better. They weren't better than the Celtics, but they were the eight seed. Getting snuffed out. I, there are other teams. I'm. I got to go to it now. Got me on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> um. Brooklyn was two games worse than the Celtics. Toronto losing Amir Johnson. I mean, are they going to fall off a little bit, or are they going to stay where they they were? Washington well, they, they is a lost. team that's that's probably in question a little bit. They pro- they should probably stay right around forty five wins. I, I'd say. Is Charlotte going to get any better? Probably not. Does Miami really get that much better? I would assume yes because of the injuries and in the end the same thing. Paul George is back, but I don't know, Calvin. I just. I feel like the Celtics have have done enough to still compete, and if they can still win forty to forty three games, they are likely going to be in the playoffs. Okay, so so let's let's play best case scenario, right? Best case scenario is probably that they're the seven or eight seed again with this roster, right? If, if all breaks well, another team gets injured, uh, you know, like you said, they sort of hold on to that position. They're not going to just suddenly win 50 games this year, and like you no. said earlier about other teams jumping ahead of them. They're also no. not; they sort of maximize their talent as much as they could last year, and they'll probably do the same this year. So, so what you're talking about is another first round matchup next season, uh, you know, against the Clevelands of the world. Is mm-hmm. 
how does that prospect make you feel right now? Um, considering that this past season it was a game outside of a matchup not against the Clevelands of the world. I mean, I guess you can say Chicago it was a top flight team in the East. I thought they were anyway, but not an NBA Finals team, obviously, because Cleveland beat them. If you're going to talk Cleveland as the second best team in the league, then you also have to sort of say that Celtics were a game would have been a game away from not even facing it in the or Atlanta for that matter. The point that I I feel like it's still a top. I don't. I'm not confident enough in any of the moves that anybody has made to say that they are definitely pushing the Celtics out of the playoffs or they're definitely falling out themselves and the Celtics are screwed. I think that everybody's got a chance. There's going to be a lot of parity in the East. And I think yet again, there's going to be a couple teams at 500 below that make the playoffs in the East because they're not going to fare well against the Western conference and the Eastern conference is going to pretty much just beat each other up. Coin flips, coin flips. All right, Mad Dog, quick point. And then we got to go. Okay, well, um, basically, uh, it, it is that where the Celtics are, and I sort of disagree because I think that the Celtics are going to be outside the playoffs this year, pending other moves, we don't know. But uh, basically, with the Celtics um, this upcoming year, you're, you're in the proverbial right now NBA no-man's land. You aren't going to be getting any better with the yep. 16th to 17th. They can't make a big trade to, to get up into the top four, 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 a four in the East. Now, the, the, it, it, and this is my last question for you guys, real quick: is that um, what do you think that Brooklyn's prospects are in the East next year? Because I think that every Celtics fan is going to be rooting for them for, for, for the next three years to bomb and to and to just be awful these next three three years. Do you think that the next ten? I mean, the next can be um, top five um, lottery bad. And the, 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 the um, Nets, rather, I'm sorry. And um, you guys have a great night. Let's go Celtics. All right, buddy. There he goes, Mad Dog up in Maine. Spends a lot of time in the Cape, so maybe you've seen him there too, folks. Uh, Calvin, quickly, because we touched on this earlier, so let's repeat it for him. Uh, the Brooklyn thing, it looks tough. It, I think it depends on whether Joe Johnson is there or not. And actually – if he goes, maybe it's better for that for that team. Maybe they can find a nucleus and play a little bit better than they did last year. Uh, but I would say that they have more potential to fall off than the Celtics do and have Indiana or Miami jump ahead of them. Um, and, I mean, that's that's kind of the way I feel about the Nets, but I'm biased towards them, and everybody me knows that. Uh, my feeling Against on them, the I guess, Nets, I should say. On, on, on the Nets, you know, not, I don't want to say falling off the map because they they were what below five hundred last year to make the playoffs. Right. But um, but he's talking like that, top five lottery type of situation, so that would be falling off the map because I mean you're talking twenty wins at most if you want to get in the top five. Right. I'd have to I'm, I'd have to uh, look at the teams. I'm trying to think teams that are still worse. Uh, the Knicks are still going to be worse than the Nets. Uh, right? yeah. I, I, Philadelphia, I, Orlando, yeah. Detroit, Charlotte. How do you feel about those teams? Minnesota, Sacramento, the Lakers. I don't know. Denver? Uh, yeah. Could, so the they, point is that there are a lot of there are a lot of options for 
teams to get into the lottery here, and I'm, I just don't feel like this year Brooklyn is one of them, unfortunately. I think in the next couple of years it's possible, but the way their roster is structured right now, I think that they're, they're still competing well, for the eighth seed in the East. Well, I, I think the, uh, the the thing that you have to hope for as a Celtics fan is, and, you know, obviously it's a weird context to say this, but injury. Brook Lopez is a guy who's, you know, when he's playing, when he plays, he's he's pretty good. But, you know, he's always hurt. And so, as a result of that, Darren Williams, not the, the guy who always is in the best physical condition. I, I think that through attrition and through, yeah, just guys getting hurt, that Eastern also has, has issues sometimes. Uh, that team can wear, they're not the deepest team in the league. I think I feel like if just one or two guys gets hurt, they could fall into that position. Without that, yeah, I don't think they're quite bad enough this year. All right, that's going to do it for us, Calvin. Don't forget, everybody, to head over to podcast.com slash to get your free book from the world's biggest online library. If you like reading and you want to have a book read to you, that's the way to do it. There, audible.com Celtics. We are also on the Reach app. You can find us on CLNS Radio mobile app on iPhones and Android devices. It's free, baby, free. And then you can subscribe to Careless Whispers. That's another fun thing. And review us, of course. And finally, don't forget, we are a Celtics-based uh, broadcast for the most part here. We've got, the, we've got Lakers fan, the resident Lakers fan on CLNS Radio. But we have the best game foot or after-game footage and locker room interviews of any Celtics covering – anybody that's covering the Celtics at all. It's the Garden Report. It's on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Radio. Jared Weiss does a great job with that. Uh, even in the offseason, he's putting stuff up there. So it's pretty much the only thing shot on the TD Garden besides the game, on the floor of the TD Garden besides the game itself. And uh, it's that post-game footage from, from Jared. He does a really good job. At the Garden Report on Twitter. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead and finish your promo on that. I just to no, that's it. I, mean, I was just going to say oh, at okay. The Garden Report oh. on Twitter and uh, go to the YouTube channel, please. I was just, I was just going to say next week we, we really have to break down this DeAndre Jordan thing because it's getting pretty crazy. Yes. We will, yeah. well, well, by then we'll know exactly where he's going. He hasn't uh, decided. Is it Dallas? Play. Is it the Clippers? And now they're saying it's yeah. the Clippers? Let's break that news right now. You should have said something. Yeah, well, Boom, well you did. So we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about it more next week. But apparently, Clipper reps are surrounding DeAndre Jordan at his home, and he's refusing to take phone calls from Mark Cuban or Chandler Parsons. So oh that's, boy, that's where we're at. Yeah, that's where we're at. So I guess he's coming. He's staying home. He's going back to LA. Interesting. They're they're forcing him like a SWAT team to stay in Los Angeles and not go to Dallas, where maybe he wanted to go. Interesting. We'll have to wait and see. That is actually good for the Celtics as well, I think, anyway, because they have Dallas's first-round pick next season. Boom. In the draft, yeah, upcoming. Might, in fact, I'm calling that right now. That will be a lottery pick. They, the Mavs also lost Jeremy Lin. We'll talk about this more next, next week. Yeah, we will. So there, there you have it, folks. You've heard it here first. July 8th, 1027 p.m. Eastern, 727 p.m. Pacific, or whenever you're listening to this on a podcast on the CLNS Radio mobile app, Calvin Chamberlain, 
saying the Celtics will have a lottery pick in the 2000 draft, and it's not their own. Wonderful, Calvin. Let's tweet that out. Garden Report. Do it. Thanks, buddy. It's been a good, great show. We'll find a time next week, and we'll uh, we'll bang one out. All right, sounds good. All right. See you later. single drop? I don't think so. Yeah, of all the dramatic